Company Watch Financial Analytics. Hello and welcome to the Company Watch Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Joe. We're recording today on the afternoon of Friday, the 9th of October. And the main news um, today is the release of GDP figures for August. And I confess that that caught Nick and I by surprise. We were both expecting it to be next week because normally the, the figures come out kind of middle of the month. So um, we had to, to think twice when we heard, heard news this morning. And I think the reason that both of us are a little bit taken aback was because of the number. And I think probably most people have heard by now, but the GDP rise in August was 2.1%. And that is significantly lower than had been expected. I think the economists, the kind of general consensus was that we should be looking at around 4.6%. Um, and I think we spoke a few weeks ago saying that the, the current spending data was starting to, to show signs of easing off and that those optimists among our friends at the Bank of England would be starting to look more closely at the lag data. Um, and you know, I feel like that maybe is been, the rug has been pulled beneath them a little bit. So we'll look at those GDP numbers in um, a bit more detail. And also there have been some other surveys kind of coming to the end of Q3. There have been some quite interesting business opinion surveys that have been published in the last week. So we'll have a have a look at those as well. So Nick, I think, where do we start? Is it GDP to, I think, to start I with? Think or? Let's, let's start with GDP. Um, it, it's interesting, not just as the 2.1 being so disappointing, but it's the trend because the uh, after the low point, the rise in GDP in June was 9.1%. Yeah. In July, it was 6.4%. Now we're down to 2.1%. And I think we all know that September is going to be um, a really worrying set of numbers and then on into the winter. So um, I, I, I guess um, at the risk of going back to shapism, <laughs> the, uh, the answer yeah. is that um, when I look at the GDP graph uh, that was in the um, ONS results today, uh, the, the um, announcement, um, the V is looking very much like it's turning into the, the middle of a W. Yeah, and that, this is this is interesting because we when we talked back in um, March April time, none of the figures we were we were looking at maybe V or possibly a um, a kind of uptick swoosh, but we yeah. didn't really consider very much the up and then down this kind of this W yeah. idea as something that's been gaining possibility. You know, people have started to talk <clears throat> about this yeah. as a possibility, and especially going into as you say going into um, new restriction. Measures. Period. Um, and, and the other worrying thing, if you dig down a bit more deeply, and, and again, it's been flagged by every commentator, and it'll be all over the news bulletins later today, of the 2.1% uh, increase, almost two almost three quarters, well, in fact, it's two thirds, when I'm, if I'm honest with you, is um, from the Rishi Dishi scheme. Yeah. It's in, it's in accommodation and food, and to be honest with you, it's in pubs and restaurants. But even there, even there, the turnover in pubs and restaurants in August, because of Eat Out to Help Out, went up by 1.5 billion in August versus July. Right. But despite that, takings in pubs and restaurants in August with the Rishi Dishi boost were still lower 
than a year ago. Wow. They're lower than in August 2019. And of course, we now know what's going on with local lockdowns. So it, it's yeah, sort that of is worrying. A big, that is a big blow, isn't it? I think we were, we'd hope with that kind of economic stimulus, you'd hope that, that there would be at least parity, if not um, an increase actually on, on 2019. Yes. And, and, and the other thing I picked out of this is some comments in the um the real estate and property sector that don't actually um if it doesn't talk about the the issues for property uh, these comments talk about the issue for construction mm. now bear in mind construction was as near as damn it flat as a pancake in terms of growth in in august and uh, some somebody on twitter was commenting that now we're back to working from home it's another reason why demand for office retail leisure space has just fallen spectacularly. I mean, for example, in London, for obvious reason, yeah. I was in London last night and all this talk about London becoming like um, Los Angeles, a, you know, a, a donut with a hole in the middle of it, economically. I mean, look very real. I was in Covent Garden. It was almost deserted oh, at six o'clock in the evening and then again at sort of 8.30 in the evening. Almost nobody to be seen. It's not surprising. I mean, that that we're um, hearing that as well from from my contacts that people that were getting ready, albeit reluctantly, I think, going back into the office where plans were mm-hmm. um, were kind of full steam ahead for end of September, October. Yeah. Of course, now that's gone into reverse, and so any of the the uptick that we might have expected to get from from office workers going back, I think, is really quite, it's quite seriously fallen back. Mm. It's it's gone, and you know, the, and this, these comments just to finish this this little bit off. Um, uh, they note that uh, the uh, some of the construction projects, you know, some of the big commercial towers in London, the f- that were due to finish in summer twenty, are now uh, have gone back because of all sorts of problems earlier in the year and because of demand. You know, there's no rush yeah. to finish these things. Yeah. Going back to the uh, the end of the end of this year or Q1 2021, and and of course the question is where are the new contracts coming from for uh, you know, for for more office retail and leisure yeah. space. So mm. you know, it's it's worrying. Let's turn to the surveys. Uh, a couple have crossed my path in 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 the last week or so. The first one came out on the first of October. Um, we look at this um, regularly. I think we've, this is the third one we've looked at so far. It's the British Chambers of Commerce quarterly economic survey yeah and this is pretty chunky this is a survey of almost six and a half thousand firms who employ six hundred thousand people and just to look at the sort of headlines of this 46 percent of firms surveyed are reporting a decrease in domestic sales only 27 percent are reporting an increase this is against the previous quarter yeah. Okay. So they're saying that Q3 versus Q2, half of firms' sales going down, not up, down. Um, yeah, and that, I mean, we should expect. I mean, looking at lockdown, where where are we in lockdown? So that that should be we should be, should be, that. We should be it coming, should up. coming up. Yeah. Should be coming up. Um, uh, other sort of worrying. The thing that I mean, I can bang on about detailed percentages till we're blue in the face. But the thing that really um, stood out for me, and we've talked about this as well in the past, investment. Because investment mm-hmm. is where wealth is created, businesses grow. Without it, they don't. And also, I mean, the, and the OBR, Bank of England, all of the, those, the, the kind of government 
governmental official surveys all talk mm. about business event investment as being the key to the recovery, won't they? So that's yeah. quite an important stat. So where, where yeah. are we on well, that? Well, the a third of the firms, so that's out of 6,400, it's 2,000 odd. Mm. Um, a third of firms are reporting they are reducing their investment in plant machinery and equipment um, on a 12 on a 12 month view um, and another 46 percent so ne- nearly a half mm-hmm. more are expecting their investment to be flat so neither up nor down so only 17 percent of firms according to the um, uh, James of commerce are going to increase their investment um, uh, over the next 12 months Wow. And the other thing that is probably quite relevant to um, our listeners, uh, they they, serve, they uh, put a question in the survey about cash flow, and forty five percent of the firms they surveyed reported a, a deterioration in cash flow in Q three. Only twenty one percent showed an improvement. And that so, is what, that is really really quite worrying because we're getting to the point now where you know the loan schemes that were extended I think for a little bit but they're they're starting to wind up the bills and the the bounce back yeah. um, loan scheme. So where is the cash coming from? Yeah, exactly. Um, the other survey uh, came out this morning, would you believe? And it's from um, uh, an outfit called Opinium and the Centre for Economic and Business Research. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked at f- they, they talked to 500 senior decision makers. So again, it's chunky. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were saying that the percentage of businesses reporting that trading conditions were good in Q3 has dropped from Q2. Not by much, but it's, it, it's, it's falling. Scarily, a third of all the respondents uh, indicated that they were at risk of insolvency because of the pandemic, which if, that's, if that was true and if you if you extrapolated it i mean you're talking about a silly number it would be 1.7 million businesses well if 1.7 million businesses go bust the insolvency profession will explode and the and and, and we'll need a bailout by the world bank but 330,000 um businesses on an extrapolated basis are at high risk of insolvency and i take you back we talked about this before um in in a in a bad year the worst number of business insolvencies um, has been about 22,000. So I, th- I believe it's a different scale. I think Eula um, Hermes, the um, credit insurer, they were, at the, this is a long time ago, we talked on one of our earlier episodes, were, were kind of projecting around 36,000 yes. insolvencies, I think. And I think we yeah. kind of took a quite a deep intake of breath um, yeah. at that. But clearly there is a there's a, a time bomb waiting to to go off on the insolvency because it's it's very low it's it's artificially yep. low at the moment the oh it's complete for all the reasons we discussed because it's incredibly absolutely. difficult to go bust at the moment yeah. um but not for much longer um the other the other thing that comes out of this survey it's a headliner is that um they talked to the to these opinion formers decision makers about what their production levels were in situations where you can measure production right. and only one in five, 20%, are operating at pre-lockdown production levels. And 56% of the respondents said it would take at least six months before they were back to pre-lockdown production. 
and 29% of the 56, sorry, of so about half of those people said yeah. it would take at least a year to get back to pre-lockdown production. And I mean, I think we, we had a quick chat before uh, we started recording. And I said, um, "Does that take into account Brexit?" And we and I yet again talking. shook my head and said, "What's Brexit? Um, mm. That thing that nobody will talk about um, in any position of of of, of um, where government influence matters to them." We're still not talking about it. No, we're not. I mean, I think it wasn't it the the Bank of England. I think put off their. Um, their view until November. I think in their, their November report, they yep. said they might start thinking about um, Brexit and impacts. Mm. So we'll, well, we'll if wait. We, if, if we believe the grandstanding, um, if we haven't got a deal by, by next Thursday, um, the UK is going to walk away from the negotiations. Yes. Believe that, you'll believe anything. Well, quite. Um, I think it didn't, it wasn't there. There was, um, there was some meetings last week and I think there were some slightly more positive noises saying, wouldn't it be a shame to walk away if we were just at the last minute? So I think we're, we're starting to see that, that deadline being flexed um, yeah, of course, a little bit. Of course. I think. Okay, so that's um, uh, the GDP figures and some surveys. Um, this, the, uh, today we've had uh, Rishi Sunak bending to pressure. That's in- right. Furlough, um, furlough. So it's sort of furlough mark two, or it's winter economic report extended. Call it yeah. what you what you like. Nice to remember that properly. Um, and what they've announced uh, again, people will, will already know from their news feeds, but we'll catch up on if they if they don't. Is that government is saying that they will pay two thirds of employees' salaries up to two thousand one hundred a month. Mm-hmm. For businesses uh, forced into lockdown, and I'm going to come back to that. Yeah, and and for businesses required to close in a local lockdown, the monthly cash grants that are already available are going to go up to three thousand pounds a month. Right. Okay. But there's some but key bits in there. There's some big butts in the this. Aren't big, there? big butts. Um, the, the cash grants only goes to only go to companies that are legally required to shut for some period over winter. I quote, mm. and uh, so for example, let's take a silly example: Cineworld, which decided last week to shut, won't be caught by this yeah. because it's their decision uh, on on this. So this is aimed fairly and squarely at hospitality. Let's let's get this absolutely straight. And in terms of the of the sort of reinvention of furlough, or the reinstatement of furlough, this 66% of up to £2,100 a month. It is only for companies who are legally required to close their doors as a result of restrictions, unquote. Um, the, companies, the company doesn't pay the wages, but it might seek to top up to, you know, from 66 to... Yeah, to it might, 80 or... But it does still have to pay national insurance and pension contributions. On, on this thing. And the interesting little tweak in it is workers must be off work for seven consecutive days. So, for example, what it won't do is to help businesses that are, and a lot of businesses at the moment, are um, only opening sort of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm. or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So you have to lay the staff off for seven consecutive mm. days before you qualify. And as we were discussing beforehand, the administration involved in this for some of the 
the chains, the pub chains and the restaurant chains is going to be really interesting. Really hideous. I mean, and the the other thing I think we we also um, I mean this is and this is to be worked out. We've only got the news on this today, but the, the interesting thing is about the legally required to shut down. So yes, of course, if there's a local lockdown and hospitality is is forced to sh- shut, but there were many businesses in earlier in the pandemic that chose actually to shut down because they couldn't make their workplaces yep. COVID secure. Yep. And presumably now <clears throat> that's. Um, that health and safety element and the the safe working space is not a matter of legally being forced to shut down. It's actually being you're legally required to conform to these rules. And if you can't and you're shut down, that's not, I suspect, not the same thing as being legally required to shut down. Well, so I it'll, think it'll I mean, be in the seen, detail, Joe. It'll always as always, always. be detail. And the point I made to you earlier, um, which of course governments, you know, this particular government never thinks through in the detail. Maybe, maybe they're operating too much. Um, on the hoof to do that sort of stuff. But of course, all these sort of just, you know, can I claim, was I forced to close, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it will compensate the company. What about the supply chain? Well, of course, absolutely. What, what about the brewer Yeah. for a pub? What about the food supplier, the butcher who supplies a restaurant, um, the, the, whoever sells the coffee to a coffee shop? They're, they're not helped mm. by this. So, you know, Hey ho! Thank goodness um, that he bent to, uh, you know, to, to all the pressure, and it will undoubtedly help some businesses. Whether it'll help, whether it'll actually save any businesses and well, any jobs, matter. don't know. Don't know. And we'll I find think out. well, I, I, I suppose it brings into relief how generous the original scheme was in April, yes, and the fact that so many people were um, were covered by this, and that is you know quite a remarkable thing. But the money is not limitless and you know there's the, we, we all know there's a reckoning coming and so any support that's given at this stage has got to be less generous and more targeted um than than it was earlier in the um earlier in the year and i think you know we, we've said we, we were hoping i think you said this this earlier we were we all knew that there was a strong likelihood of a second wave as we came into the winter but actually all those those measures that we hoped would be in place to help us manage. And, you know, what is it, Boris Johnson's the whack-a-mole type um, strategy. <laughs> Actually, that only works, doesn't it, if you have a really f- properly functioning um, test and trace method in, in place. About, wh- about which the less said, the better. Well, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, so, so let's, Nick, I'm kind of conscious that we should um, we should probably draw to a, a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is, there's quite a lot of, of numbers in um, in those reports and we can send some links to the um, the reports if listeners are interested in in just getting into the the, the weeds of the detail. And I suppose I, I kind of brought back to our talk about Andy Haldane last week and his optimistic assessment. And, you know, we think he must have known that this um, this August figure was going to be worse than um than everybody was expecting so which makes his comments you know slightly even more difficult to to interpret really and i think you know sitting on our side and we are quite honest i think we would love to be sitting here saying you know isn't the future bright but i think it's much more sensible to take an honest appraisal of the situation and look at these numbers and think well what does that mean for for me for my business how how might these developments it have an impact on me rather than just believing that somehow it will be better in the 
in the end. So I suppose that's the um, the thought to, le- to we are looking for positive news um, if we can find it. I've, if you desperately scouring, <laughs> scouring. Um, but I think you know I feel like we it's 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 always better to, to be honest and to be realistic about these things and live in the real world rather than living some um, hopeful future. What you're looking for is cloud cooking land. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure I'd be quite that rude, but I think you may be you may be onto something there. Anyway, thank you so much, um, Nick. It's always a pleasure to to talk. I look forward to our Friday um, catch ups. Um, well, it's, it's, it's a joy, Joe, as always. So thank you so much, and thank you everybody uh, for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.